1: What's going on guys? Welcome to the show Welcome back and welcome to Action Movie Anatomy in 2017. Today we are breaking down the very first successful Marvel Comics movie, though not a Marvel Studios movie. This is none other than, there are worse things out night than vampires. Like what? Like me It's Blade guys, welcome to the show Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion news and interviews Popcorn Talk, we talk movies, and now Here's Popcorn Talks, Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Oh yes! Oh, here we go. We're in a 1998 music video right now.
0: I want to go to a nightclub. Maybe a club. Maybe a nightclub. <laughs> there's a DJ. There's an old computer. He's like pointing like this. Yeah, right. He's like, got sunglasses on. <laughs> we walk in slow mo. The bartender's like making a drink in slow mo. <laughs> That never happened. Uh, no, that's what's not up, real everybody? <laughs>
1: Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. Welcome to 2017. This is our first show in 2017. We took two weeks off for the first time in our friggin' history. we had never taken two weeks off, right? we had
0: never taken two weeks off in, in a year and a half, in 85 episodes. It's, just, it's really <laughs> <Yeah>. intense. Whole <laughs> episodes, David. Um, but... It was nice to take a little break It's very good to come back It's awesome yeah. to come back to Blade Yeah Which was like
1: one of the coolest Most badass movies I ever watched When I was 10 years old Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, This is one I always tell the story My dad took me to the movie theater See this movie when I was 10 um, It's rated R Your dad and always takes you to Sweet Alright, alright Let's just go <laughs> ahead And tone that down <laughs> About
0: to pop out of my seat uh, We got Stephen Lemieux in the booth Everybody Yeah, welcome Our back executive guys. producer it's Good to be back Happy New Year Yeah, Happy man Happy New Year
1: Welcome back Welcome um, So uh, you were saying your dad took me to this movie in the theaters. This was, yeah, this was an exciting one. Um, so, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We're, we're back in the studio. We're back doing the show. Episode, what is this, 85? I think it's right around there, like 83, 84. I, I'm like
0: fascinated by this father taking son to, hold, like, really. Inappropriate movies. Uh-huh. And like the people that worked at the theater. Yeah. Because like you had your parental supervision. They yep. couldn't say no. And he's clearly your father. Right. But I wonder if there was someone working there just like, God damn it, there they go
1: again. Yeah. That kid's going to be screwed up. Right. Well, here's so here's the like, uh, the tangent. Well, I'll keep it to 30 seconds so we can get into the episode. But, um, I realized the other week that basically, so my parents got divorced when I was 10, right? Uh, that, that year, literally 1998. This, oh, it was played, Yeah. yeah Ronan, all those movies I was talking about. So, uh, what I was, like, not beknownst to me at the time was obviously there was trouble at home. So mm-hmm. for the 18 months prior to them telling me, obviously my dad was making an effort to spend a lot more time with me. Because I don't remember seeing a single movie in theaters prior to 1996, really. Like, there's a few. Like, I remember Mortal Kombat, but, like, that was with friends. But clearly when I was 9 and 10, he was making an effort to take me to movies that, like... like but, ev- he, but he was like, these are movies I want to see also. Yeah. So... All these movies that I remember: The Siege, Enemy of the State, Ronin, uh, Blade. Was like, Ron- Ronin was the one? That's the one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's
0: the good one. Uh, Go watch our Ronin episode. There's a great story in there.
1: I just remember seeing all these movies, and it occurred to me at one point they all came out in 1996, seven or eight, uh, which that's is crazy. just hilarious. Yeah. like I just it's, and I, I don't remember like seeing any movies with them in 1999. Like, I think we saw The Matrix, probably. Yeah, you have to. Um, but in any case, that's my story. Um, this is one. Action Movie Anatomy, guys. So we do action movies on the show. We <clears> cover <throat> them. We talk about them for over an hour. We do stupid impressions. Um, if you're in the live chat, guys, welcome welcome back. The action movies we do on the show usually adhere to four basic rules. Those rules are, number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Blade's a classic hero that plays by his own rules. Mm-hmm. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Steven Dorff's a freaking genius. Yeah, he, he has to be. Because, yeah, he's a freaking He's a freaking. Genius, he's a freaking weasel. (laughs) Uh, Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, mercenary figure. He's not a mercenary. He's He's not not because no one's hired him. He's just a vampire hunter vigilante. Yeah, he's just a vigilante out for revenge. I mean, I guess the reason that um, we that he doesn't uh, qualify as because this is kind of a superhero movie. We don't do those it's, on this it's show.
0: It's like so close to a superhero yeah. movie. Um, and then finally, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion, which it absolutely does. Does it? Yeah, I was actually thinking oh, specifically he blows, when uh, he blows the safe. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. The door. And also, there's these. nothing in there. Yeah, that thing is terrifying. <laughs> That's
1: the worst part of the movie.
0: That is very hard to watch. Yeah, that like, was
1: like that was like clearly like somebody just being like, hey, let's punch this up. Yeah, let us somebody in the studio be like, let's pu- this, let's have a giant fat thing, like the fattest thing you've ever seen. Then we're gonna burn it, and it's gonna fart. Yeah, it's gonna fart. It'll <laughs> fart, and you'll laugh because it's big. Ugh. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty offensive. <laughs> it's <was> um, gross. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, guys, that's the rules. Uh, we are on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, discussing movie news, and all things movie-related. And uh, we're gonna get into talking about Blade. So, before, without further ado, let's uh, roll the let's roll the trailer. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did.
0: And in the end... What will I
1: become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now with Game Pass. It's an okay trailer. It's not bad. It's a 98 trailer. Yes. It was... As things in '98 were, it was trying a little hard.
1: You got two things playing here, Steven
0: <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to. I forgot to cut the club theme song. <laughs> just gonna only play that song. <laughs> that's all the trailer is, actually, guys. It's just just, just right the up. Song. I thought that's what it was.
1: <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Better wake up. The world
0: you live in is just a sugar-coated topping. There is another world. He's a great actor. He's he's very good. I thought that he stopped acting because of the whole tax thing, but it's yeah. just—it was just like a a padded reason. It's just because he's not good. Well, he, and he was broke though, so he had to start doing a lot of straight to video. Really? Yeah, for all those videos. <laughs> it Depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for power.
1: We should be ruling. this is making me want to watch these people again? Yeah. They've got their
0: claws <laughs> into everything: politics, finance, real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons. I use them. No. It's pretty you sweet, Stephen. It's definitely worth a watch. Yeah.
1: Tonight, the age of man comes to an end.
0: We're gonna be gods. Mm-hmm. And
1: Naughty vampire sorry. gods. <laughs> Dude, Ryan Hurst <laughs> would be a great like villager. Like what? Ryan oh. Hurst, oh. Opie from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. Oh, there's a song.
0: mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant. Half immortal. <laughs> you got the best of both worlds. All our strengths. <laughs> None of our weaknesses. He is their greatest fear (laughs) and our only hope. Alright, Stephen, I'm gonna have a (laughs) seizure. Oh
1: man. So sweet. Wesley Snipes.
0: Steven Dorf. You're one of them, aren't you? You're one of them, aren't Like me. <laughs> you
1: like that? That's good. That's really good. Blade. The sword fighting was definitely sweet. Yeah,
0: like. It wasn't as sweet as I remembered it being, no. but it was very sweet.
1: And it's a cool character trait that he... Uh, oh, I also pulled... We'll play this later. So, uh, spoiler, guys. Uh, spoiler that we... Oh, AMA question. Let's just try to pull one of those. Uh, the people okay. responded. I forgot. All right. Um, spoiler, I, I actually got to interview Wesley earlier last year and uh, I actually asked him what he would do as far as basically recasting the Blade Roll for a reboot um, funny answer we'll play that clip for you later um, <laughs> we will not play it just yet so um, in any good, case it was a very good clip it was a good clip <laughs> so uh, that's the trailer for the movie uh, as far as trailers go from 1998 you know it's it's rock solid it's, it's yeah, entertaining I mean, it's, it's what you expect
0: there's not a lot of depth to it it kind of shows you what it's always like a highlight reel you know it's not like trailers nowadays try to tell a story whereas trailers back then were like a highlight reel of the cool parts of the film
1: yeah yeah definitely I think the trailers today also are a little bit more artistic in the trailers back then, it was kind of like you need to know exactly what this movie's about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, like these are the characters, these are the stakes. This, this is the good guy. This is the bad guy doing bad things in an impossible situation. <laughs> this summer, like that's kind of what trailers back then used to be. Yeah. Now, now these like trailers these days will be a lot more like, you know, I don't know, just like, just like. Uh, you know, dark, ominous tone. Yeah. And, like, dramatic imagery. I think, I think, you know, like, you look at, like, trailers
0: like, uh, Dunkirk, even, yeah, right. you know, things like that. It's still, even that is different than what you get in, like, a Saving Private Ryan trailer. Yeah. And that's only 15 years. Right. And yeah, it's
1: the it's, it's, it's type of movie, right? It's action movie versus, yeah. you know, drama and all that sort of thing. Um, so, in any case, guys, we're going to get straight into thesis statement. Uh, thesis statement is the part of the show where we share a bold thought, something usually rooted in, like, either hyperbole or, like, a, just a very factual statement that we believe in. We're going to kind of defend throughout the movie. And, uh, I am going to jump in on this one, and I'll give it a little bit of preface, Mm -hmm. um, if you want to go. you got something? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I have, I I was looking
0: at the AMA question, but I think what I'm going to do for my thesis, I was originally going to do something about how, like, despite the success of this film, no one's career took off, which was kind of odd. It's funny, I I had the same exact thought. Yeah, because you and I were talking about it yesterday, and we're like, everyone in this is serviceable. No one does a bad job. I mean, honestly, the worst actor in the movie is Wesley Snipes. As far as um, performance in the movie goes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's performance in the movie. Thank you. Um, but like Stephen Dorff and, and the and the two ladies, like their two counterparts are great. And Donald Logue is fun. Yeah. But uh, that was weird. But I think what I'm going to do is, despite the success, I'm going to start it the same way, despite the ses- success of this film, I think that the sequel is a far superior movie. Really? I think that Blade 2 is way better than Blade 1, and I think it's one of those very few situations where you have a great first film and a better second hmm. you know like a godfather situation i really
1: have to go watch the second movie again it's been since it came out I
0: think, I think when I was just looking at the trailer uh, trying to find the question I think people mentioned that they think two is better and I yeah, think someone just said that in the live live chat as well um,
1: I think you should go watch it cool definitely we can, we can discuss that a little later <laughs> in the show um I'm going to say, so, for those of you that don't know this, and we don't do comic book movies on the show, so if you listen a lot, you probably do, but, um, if you don't, you haven't heard me go on this rant before. As a little kid, comic books were my entire life. I wanted to be Mm -hmm. a comic book illustrator. My mom's an artist. I used to draw comics all the time. I have 6,000 comics in my mom's basement. Um, I worked in comic book stores for store credit, starting at 10 years old. Like, it was my whole entire life, um... I was a little chubby kid with a bowl cut who just like this it. was back when it was not cool. At yeah, all. this is like in the ni- the mid '90s. So uh, this movie came out in 1988 when I was 10 years old, and there was a point of pride in knowing that this was based on a comic book because comic books as a 10 year old were part of my identity. They weren't in popular culture where everyone liked comics. I mean, there were some things. There was the Marvel Action Hour uh, on TV, the, co- the cartoon where Iron Man and Fantastic Four had that split half-hour oh, yeah. cartoon series. Uh-huh. <clears throat> there was the X-Men and the Spider-Man cartoons. Um, some of that stuff was popular. You know, the Batman movies had been big in the early yeah. 90s. But really, as far as like the biggest movies of the year being Comic book movies, comic book culture taking over oh, no. mainstream it was television. N- it,
0: like the most comic book culture that I got were what things that you mentioned there, and then like Marvel versus Capcom, the arcade game. Right. That was it.
1: Exactly. All my friends played basketball and college, and in a uh, school, and I like wanted to read comic books. So in 1998, when this movie came out, it was a big hit. And my thesis is, Blade was the first successful Marvel comics movie but its greatest strength at the time was that no one knew it was a comic book
0: and Octane Freddy asked an AMA question basically saying your thesis in question form yeah saying like was this movie successful because it wasn't advertised as as a comic book movie back then and and to speak to both of you, I completely agree. I
1: think, I think yes. I think back then that wasn't a cool thing to do. Yeah, it was like Wesley Snipes with like a gun and a sword killing vampires. Yeah. he was like an action hero. He wasn't like your white guy in spandex. He was like black dude wearing like you know kind of looser clothes and a trench coat. With yeah, it like was like Shaft mixed with like vampire I, hunter. Yeah, yeah, and like Van Helsing, right? And that's the reason this was. I mean, it was rated R for fuck's sake. Like yeah. the the very rated R. Yeah, like they're as a kid, as a 10-year-old who would see this movie, it was PG, you weren't allowed to see it. Mm-hmm. So it was like this thing, you're like, I saw Blade, it was really cool, there's so much
0: blood. And then on the other end of that, being like an 18 to 25-year-old being like, let's go watch a comic book movie is not the same as it is now, no. whereas back then it was like, no, let's go watch
1: Wesley Slimes Fuck Shit Up. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, this is only, I mean, this is only five years after uh, uh, what's it called, Demolition Man. Like, yeah. He was. This, this is like still like I don't want to quite go as far as to say peak Wesley Snipes, but this is tail end of peak Wesley Snipes. Yeah,
0: this is this is he's in it. He's yeah. in it right now. The
1: next five years of his career are kind of like these the Blade movies, and then his career kind of falls off a cliff. But like he was still very much a marketable big name guy, um, and that's why this movie was as big as it was. So I think that its biggest strength is that no one knew it was a comic book. Yeah, and I remember as a kid, I would tell all my friends like, "Well, did you know that Blade's actually based on a comic book?" What's really fascinating about that though. Uh, to just kind of go down that road a little bit more is that, so this is based on a comic book, but it's not really based on a character that existed, if that makes any sense. Steven, if you want to cue up the third image I have here, it's... So of, So what
0: you're saying for our audience is that Blade is just, it's almost like the Jason Bourne pull.
1: Well, so here, check this out, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very similar. So this is like what Blade in the comic looked like, right? He's like a swagged out dude, he's basically Shaft. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, leather red leather jacket. <laughs> the traits that he had in the comic book were different and he wasn't a prominent character. He showed up in like Tomb of Dracula, like old horror comics from the 70s, but he wasn't he wasn't like dude in trench coat. He was he had different traits. He he wasn't he didn't regenerate. He wasn't a vampire. <laughs> the deal was that he he was immune to vampire bite, so he couldn't be turned. That was like his thing. So he would kill vampires because he couldn't he be killed. Couldn't. Interesting. Um, he wasn't really a superhero as much as he was, like, this almost, like, fanatical, almost, like, a little psychotic, um, to the degree that he wanted to hunt vampires. So, what they did, the, the character was created by Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan in the 70s. With of course, a guy named Wolfman created, yeah. yeah. But, uh... And Wolfman actually sued Marvel later, like way later on, once this was a huge franchise for like $35 million and lost because he was like, I wasn't in an understood creator owned by Marvel contract at the time, so I deserve money from all of the stuff. And they were like, no, you created a character that basically has nothing to do with the character we have now and you worked for us at the time and we own the thing you created. Owned. Owned. So he lost. Yeah. But what's crazy about this is the comic book character was never successful. It was never a popular character. It was just like a very fringe character. Right. And you were saying after this movie came out, even though this movie was huge, it still didn't sell. But here's what's wild. And this is the thing that I think will blow people's minds. Wesley Snipes is a producer on the film franchise. Mm -hmm. But Wesley Snipes is what the character looks like now. So in the comic books, when Blade shows up, he's basically Wesley Snipes. Right. Like, he dresses that way, he's, he's the black dude with the short hair. After the these sword. came out. Right. Okay. So they, they basically based the comic book character, and they updated the comic book character based on Wesley Snipes' character from the movie. That was based so, off of a loose rendition of... Yeah, yeah. He basically recreated the character in the movies, and that's what the character is and now. And now
0: Wesley Snipes is just a comic
1: book character. But he doesn't like get any money from the fact that the mm-hmm. comic book character is just him, which is bizarre. It's, it's crazy. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. So there's your there's your piece of, of uh, history. Fun little trivia. Yeah. So uh, anyway, moving on to the next part of the show. This is going to be fist pump moment. If you guys watch the show, you'll know this is that part of the movie where something happens. And you kind of like look around at your buddy. and You're like, mm-hmm. oh god, I get to watch the rest of this movie right now. This is fucking sweet. You almost want to call your pal and be like, hey, you know, you gotta go watch Blade again. I know you, you've seen it, but you just it. trust me, this part is yeah. awesome. You gotta turn it on. You'll be you'll be <laughs> stoked. And so um, I I actually thought, I mean, there's a literal fist pump. Like, oh, when he does his. Snipes does a fist pump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's in the club scene. But for me, the, my fist pump is actually, hilariously enough, when the techno song starts playing. Yeah. When they first walk into the club at the beginning of the movie. Because I remember watching this movie a lot as a kid. And they walk in and, like, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's like, and it's like slow dancing. Yeah. And it's kind like
1: sexy and, yeah. Yeah. Basically, this this movie is a series of music videos. Yeah, we talk about that in uh, in like certain '90s action movies where it's just kind
0: of like a bunch of music videos.
1: It sort of seems like the entire movie, everything about it, is just a club or a rave. Yeah, that's all. It's all. It's all. Stephen Norton was doing. He's like, I'm just gonna basically make the whole movie. Anytime anyone fights, we need techno. Yeah, it's gotta be techno. It's gotta be like everything has to just feel like I'm directing a fucking music video for The Prodigy.
0: But in the '90s, it was perfect. Yeah, that was what you wanted. So my fist pump moment, or no, you please. So that was it. It was just right when you walk in. Just
1: yeah, that moment when he kind of goes to slow-mo and you like see the DJ and you're like, yeah. what is this place? This is vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it's a vampire place.
0: Um, mine is like right after that. It's, it's in the same thing. It's when you first, excuse me, see Blade and he starts fighting and the music turns back on and what I like is that his fighting is, is super clean yeah. And it's like it's like real martial arts. Right. Or at least it looks that way. Well that's what he was all about. Yeah, exactly. But and then so they're fighting, fighting, and it's that moment he takes the stake and he stabs a vom- vampire through the chin and lifts him up into the roof. Yeah. And you and I were watching the movie and it was yeah. just like the music and we're like, oh God, this is sweet. I'm yeah. in. Like we're five minutes into this movie, yeah. I'm completely sold on it. Totally. That was my fist pump moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean it's like this movie's like bad, but like not in like a not in like a thing in a way that takes away from it at all. Like it's bad in the way that like it was everything that comic book movies at the very beginning kind of needed to be, which is like yeah. disguised as an action movie. It's like Wesley Snipes was a producer on this movie and insisted, he like insisted things kind of go his way. He like clashed with Steven Dorff a little bit even because uh, he was like trying to direct Dorff a little bit. Uh, <laughs> no. And he's like you have to trust me as the producer of this movie. Um, you, mean, you have to trust me. Stephen Worf yeah. is a tiny man, little dude. Yeah, he's yeah. Like five seven or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it's, it's funny. Like you said, the, the clearly the martial arts are like on display. Mm-hmm. Um, the fighting is all like very clean because like Snipes was a martial arts guy. He wanted yeah. all of his sweet moves to be on display,
0: like perfectly, and everything else is kind of muddled. Yeah, right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: So um, uh, guys, if you have fist pump moments, share them with the live chat. My phone is dying, but I do have it open, so uh, I'm going to read them off if I can. Let's move on and talk about where these dudes were at in their career, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah, so definitely. So Snipes is coming off of the best part of his career, which is the entire Righteous. like late 80s into the 90s. Yeah. I mean, down down in the Delta US Marshals one night stand. I don't remember one night stand. I remember hearing about it down in the Delta like I saw it at the video store and US Marshals we've both seen several times. Yeah. That's um,
0: that was I felt like when US Marshals came out, maybe that was peak Snipes. Even though he wasn't Crushing it then, I think that was when he was given the opportunity to be like, you can do anything you want now.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, so maybe Blade is Peak Snipes. Maybe this defines Peak Snipes because it's the most successful movie he was ever in. Um, so maybe 98 is his best year. Yeah. I mean, but as you start to gonna kind of go back, it's like, yeah, you have all these 90s movies. You have, you know, Drop Zone, and you have like, uh, yeah, you have Demolition Man, and you have like, is he.
0: Passenger 57, the, is that later? Passenger 57,
1: yeah. The Art of War. That's after, I think. Is, uh, is he in Rising Sun or am I yes he is right I believe so he's in Rising Sun I feel like I've
0: seen the box but I can't
1: yeah with Sean Connery and he's in like yeah yeah yeah, Rising Sun and and the villain is Shang Tsung um Sheng <laughs> uh and yeah, he, I mean, he had had like a New Jack City, like he had had a sweet run, King of New York, right? Like he's oh, yeah. he's in a couple Spike Lee movies. He has like a so good... I guess Peak Snipes was a
0: little before this.
1: Yeah, he, he had like a really good run there, Two Wong Fu. The whole mm-hmm. the whole entire '90s for him was pretty sweet. And Blade is kind of like it's just funny because it happens at the end, and you, you would you would think that he would go up after Blade,
0: right? Well, because because so, we have these couple things that we do, and it's like if we're talking career defining role. It's got to be
1: Blade. Yeah. It's not even close. I thought about putting it on the list, but it's just, it's too clearly. What, like, what else would it be? It would 100% be same.
0: Yeah, okay. And it's, like you said, it's at the very end of his, of his run, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were trying to develop Blade as far back as 1992, and LL Cool J was attached to play Blade. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That. I'm
0: glad that didn't happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, then there was, you know, all the guys that, that worked on this movie, Goyer was like, he, he considered three people, he considered Denzel, mm-hmm. he considered Snipes, and he considered uh, Lawrence Fishburne for the role when they actually got to casting it, but he always felt that Snipes was the perfect guy for it.
0: I think so. I think looking back, and especially with, like, the Matrix happening later on, it would yeah. have, I think for who I was as a movie viewer, Lawrence Fishburne coming out of nowhere yeah. in The Matrix, coming out of nowhere yeah. for me was kind of awesome. Yeah. If he was Blade beforehand, it would have ruined it for me.
1: Yeah, he had been a supporting character in a lot of like hits, but mm-hmm. he wasn't like an action guy. So and then
0: was... Denzel, you just—he's
1: too Denzel. Yeah, it's funny. Like it's, i mean, if Denzel had been Blade in 1998, this—it's just such a different career turn for him. He was never in a franchise until Equalizer. He was never in a franchise series. That was his first franchise series ever. Yeah. He never did it. He no. never did action movies where there was like a sequel and a third one. He yeah. didn't need to. Yeah.
0: I think it was it keeps him um from being labeled as anything.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so with Snipes. Yeah. 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 So we play this game sometimes, guys, and uh, it's overrated, underrated, and properly rated. And uh the question is with Wesley Snipes today, and Steven, if you want to contribute on this or listen, uh I'd be curious to know what you think on this as well. Is Wesley Snipes overrated? Is he underrated? Or is he properly rated? Um, you know, hmm. I, I think that Wesley Snipes, by today's standards, is exactly properly rated.
0: <clears throat> I, um... Well, first of all, to Esteban, to Wong Fu... Thanks for everything, Judy Newmar. Julie Newmar, Julie Newmar is yeah. an awesome movie with him, John Leguizamo, and, and, Swayze. and Swayze where they play cross-dressers, and you yeah. got to go check it out. That If you've very never heard of it or seen it, it's very entertaining. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. It yeah. really is. It's, it's a yours, classic. You watched it with your sisters, I'm sure. <laughs> I watched it with my mother. Uh, <laughs> my mother took me to sweet movies, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to The Rock. He I was going to Tuang <laughs> <Wong laughs> Fu. <food. laughs> I completely agree with you. I think that if his career would have kept going, yeah. and he would have kept being the lead in action movies, then he would be overrated. I think that he's not underrated because he was given a run. He was given a ten year, fifteen year run of being the guy, one of the few African American actors in Hollywood who were giving given leading roles, especially
1: yeah. as a hero. Yep. Um there's very few if you look at like the, the pantheon of action movies, and this was actually one of the questions that yeah, was Yeah, this is from uh,
0: Josh Ryan actually.
1: Yeah. There's very, very few black heroes in the run of action movies from the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s. There's a lot more black villains. And the ones that were, like, the black heroes were always, like,
0: I mean, they were larger than life. Like, they weren't the every man. I mean, there was, so what do we, I mean, this is gonna be terrible, because my movie knowledge on this topic is is very low, but it's, like, the ones that pop into my head immediately are, like, you know, Shaft, and Blade, and, uh, Oh man, there was one more that was just like just screaming at me. But you didn't get it. You didn't get like the
1: everyman yeah, every man. Yeah, yeah. Like you, yeah, like Jamie Foxx showed up, and he's kind of he's kind of the hero in Collateral, and that's an yeah. O like four. Yeah, I mean, you, it's you, even later. Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, you would you didn't have that many because if you think about the guys that were getting those roles who were like signing those deals, Snipes is one of the only ones who was like the action hero. Yeah, there's just not that many. Um, yeah and and Jackson
0: never had like an action run. No. I mean no he he was in a few action movies, you know, but it wasn't the same. He was either like a sidekick or a bad guy or like in pulp fiction he has like a right. smaller role.
1: I mean you talk about, you know, Denzel's obviously one of the big mm-hmm. one of the big all-timers. Yeah, there's just not that many. So it it is interesting to see this. And he's also in this movie not playing any kind of like um exploitive, like Ex- yeah, exploitive. S- he's just he's just a dude. Yeah, he's a like, quiet and stoic. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a couple he has a couple lines where he like breaks character, which is like one of I think the most satisfying parts about this movie. Yeah, is those little moments where he breaks character yeah. and. <sighs>
0: Yeah, yeah this goes sweet. into
1: like kind of snipes, but he, there's only a few of them.
0: Yeah, I guess the other one, the big one that we're forgetting is probably Will Smith. But he, I felt like if you go back and you watch his yeah. movies now, it, it it was that. It was exactly what we were just talking about. It where it was like exploiting yeah. what you thought those those people acted like. You yeah, know? Right. it was ridiculous. Like, it was
1: like young middle America friendly black hip hop guy. Yeah, it was of. super feisty though. Yeah, 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 which is like, and when you watch it today, it's like feels very. It just feels very over the top and like a little bit offensive
0: yeah it's like the, it's the same way as when you'd watch like I mean I'm Asian American so I can say it is like you watch Asian Americans portrayed in the late 80s in comedies yeah they, we were jokes we were yeah. always wearing hats we had the big teeth and like things like right, that right. you know
1: it's like that was okay <laughs> the mortal Kombat, like yeah man it's yeah. just crazy it's yeah, crazy yeah, when yeah. you go back and watch stuff like yeah, that for sure
0: uh um, so I think we're in agreement on properly rated
1: well because I think yeah going back to the original question is he overrated underrated or properly rated um if you go back 15 years to Blade 2 coming out, I think he was probably a little overrated at that point. Yeah. I think if I was if I was thinking about that question then, I would say he wasn't the best part of most of the hits he was in. He's I, not the greatest actor. He he gets by on charisma mm-hmm. uh and you know, being a pretty sweet martial artist. But like he's he he's billed as this big, like, box office guy, and I don't really give a shit. But now, looking back, he got kind of a raw deal, because like that show, the player that he was in oh, a yeah. couple years ago, canceled immediately. Like, I mean, of course, it was his bankability, and like, it's a, it's a bummer. Um, I mean, this is probably a good time. Atti- Go ahead. I was just gonna say he was losing his bankability
0: then, because if you look at Blade Two and Blade Three, the movies weren't the same as Blade One. Or it was just like, here's Wesley Snipes. Yeah, that's the movie. Right. You know, Stephen Dorff is here, but it's a, a Wesley Snipes film. In the second film, you get you know Norman Reedus comes in, and you've got uh, oh man, I always forget his name. Ron Perlman. Well, I know Ron Perlman's in it, but the bad guy, something Lucas or Luke, something. Anyway, you've got these the supporting group. Josh of- Lucas, maybe. No, it's not okay. Josh Lucas, but it's like a supporting group of like four other very talented actors who yeah. go on to having very successful careers. And then you go to the third film, and you've got Gosling, excuse me, Reynolds and Beale in there, yeah, who are like they're on their way up, they're peaking, yeah. So it's like it wasn't about Wesley Snipes ever after the first film, yeah. It was about what was around him.
1: Yeah, almost. We're talking about it now. It almost makes me feel like he's a little underrated. But um, yeah, yeah. But but I think I think I would go for it because it's not like he blows me away. And yeah, it's not like like
0: when he stopped being in films, I was like, damn it. Yeah, Wesley Snipes. He had a sweet run, and he's
1: he's he's properly rated. So um, and Art of War is awesome. And Art of War. (laughs) So uh, before we move on to Stephen Dorff, it actually reminds me. You know he revealed to MTV in 2014 that he was interested in doing a Blade 4, saying that he thinks right. you know he's learned a lot of things, things he couldn't do back then that he can do now. And uh, incidentally, when I talked to Wesley earlier this last year, that Stephen actually has this clip queued up here, I asked him the question, and it's a little awkward, you'll see, because I don't phrase it in the best way. I don't basically suggest you would still be in the franchise, but right. I kind of ask him, if they gave you the reins to take over the franchise... Uh, as director and everything to recast it, what would you do? And this is kind of a funny answer that he gives me. It's a little awkward. <laughs> coming out here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you're in all kinds of stuff. You're in a Spike Lee movie. You're doing an Network yeah. show. If you were given the Rainsbow studio and they said, Wesley, we want you to take over the Blade franchise and, and direct, produce the whole deal. You get to recast the lead character. Who's the guy that you recast as the new Blade if you're going to make Blade 4?
0: Who's the guy? I'll take uh, that guy Wesley Snipes <laughs> I like I, it. Heard, <laughs> I heard he was pretty good and he was still in pretty good shape and oh, still looked pretty I see much what the you're same I'll go with him. I don't know what he's doing now he's you know how can watch all
1: things he's working quite a bit. I like it. <laughs> i man. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. For We're talking. This. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Right. Yeah. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think that was saying. I'll I- kill you. Unless I'm mistaken. And maybe you guys read it differently than I do, but I think that was him saying to me, like, we'll see. We'll see what happens we'll with see. me. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah. see what happens when 4 comes out, <laughs> yeah. you stupid bastard. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, in any case, you know, at least he laughed. He had a little sense of humor about it. Well, it's funny because, you, he you know. He took a picture with me after, so he couldn't have been that mad. That was
0: basically an, an AMA question as well. I think it was. Octane Freddy as well, or might yeah. have been Josh Ryan, but it was like Of course you want to ask that. Yeah. Dude, you're almost f- what is he, in his mid fifties? Fifty four now. Yeah, he's fifty four. Yeah. That was fifty three when you talked to him. Like yeah. he
1: could I mean he could still, he he can would still be in the movie. do it. I he just, be. I just, he should be like the Whistler character. The way to ask the question that I didn't ask it was right in a Blade but, Four. If you were going to have some sort of apprentice or younger character who you're right. grooming to take over the mantle once your character was kind of yeah, because you would never say that to Tom Cruise in Mission. So Mission Impossible Six. Who yeah? If you, who would of you? Not. Like you would
0: be in it. Who else would
1: be in it? Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Of <laughs> So, yeah, that was, that was kind of my bad on that. But at least he seemed to have a sense of humor about it, and he was a very nice guy. Tell so. you guys,
0: this is not as easy as it
1: looks. Yeah. I mean, when you're on the spot you think you have a great question, the verbiage is very important. Very, <laughs> very important. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, moving on to Stephen Dorff, who was like... In 1998, totally like a sex symbol. Yeah, he was, he was like every girl wanted him. Yeah, there's like that that shot of him when he's sitting there listening to the uh, music, and he's mm-hmm. like leaning against the wall in the white shirt. The
0: shirt it's open. Yeah, yeah. I
1: remember like all the girls like like oh had that printed God. out, like His hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh so right, I remember looking at him and like, damn it. Oh, before we actually move on, you did see the picture that I threw up for Snipes, right? Oh, let's let's look, check it out real quick. <laughs> I don't, believe, I don't believe we've been. We still haven't. We it.
0: still haven't, sir. <laughs> so good.
1: All right, moving on. Thank you, Steven.
0: Uh, all right, so Steven Dorff in 96 was in Blood and Wine, and then also in 96, Space Truckers, and then in 97, he was in City of Industry. Never seen any of them. I've never seen or heard of the latter two, but I'd heard of Blood and Wine, but I've never seen them.
1: Yeah. Uh, Steven Dorff is like that guy that when this movie came out, he was like... A sex symbol hot button everybody talked about. Mm-hmm. And just like everybody else in this movie, I remember he popped up in some things over the next few years. Uh, like, I, there was this movie, uh, the name is like, "Escape, Mastin Anonymous No, that's not what it was called. But My was, phone died. It, so it was I'm a name useless. like Mastin Anonymous or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing him and being like, oh, that's the guy from Blade. And then he's now repping blue cigarettes.
0: Well, it was like, even watching him smoke cigarettes in Blade you're like, dude, stop. Slow down. Yeah. This is not going to go well for you because his skin looks horrible now in those yeah. commercials. I don't know what it is. I've never heard horror stories about Steven Dwarf or Dwarf. I've never heard anything yeah. negative or positive about him, and he wasn't bad in this he's film. He's
1: one of the best parts, I think. He honestly yeah. is a pretty. I mean, we do talk about this a little bit the fact that, like, they do a terrible job explaining why he's as powerful as he is, because, but he does a great job of just owning it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, like, a total little fuck who's just, like, super confident and, like, seems to be kind of ruthless. And he's, like, not even a, f- he wasn't even born a vampire. It just seems, yeah. you and I were both sitting there, like, why don't they just kill
0: him when he's yeah. at the council?
1: Yeah. Because that's what it felt like they would do. Right. It seems like the vampires, but but I guess he has this, like, giant, all this money and this nightclubs or whatever. Um... Even then, it's still weird. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we've been around for thousands of years. It's like, well, then just kill this guy. Just kill the dude that's causing problems and go back to normal. Yeah. So that's not, they don't do a great job explaining that. Um, I don't think I'd ever noticed that either
0: before watching it yesterday. I'd never noticed that was just kind of a gigantic plot hole. Yeah. As a kid, you
1: just take it for granted. (laughs) You're like, Um, he's bad. Look at his eyes. But he's really good at it. I mean, he, like, I I think that his performance as the villain in this movie is, like, one of the more admirable parts as far as the acting goes. Yeah. And, and like, I have this thing. it's like a it's like a damn it, like you know
0: when Twilight came out and all those yeah. vampire movies. Like I always look at that and look at me. Yeah, you know I'm not gonna be cast right as a vampire. Right, I'm not. It's just not gonna happen. And I remember looking like st- the casting of him in this in the previews and as in, in as a kid watching it. I was just like, this, this guy's perfect. Like, he looks like a real... Like, he just looks like, like an a evil bad little... Bad guy. Yeah, like yeah. an evil vampire. Yeah, totally. So I just love that about him. But this is interesting that you pulled that Jet Li was offered the part yeah. of Deacon Frost originally, and he opted out to do my favorite Lethal Weapon 4. You
1: could have been Stephen Orff. You could could've, you could have been Deacon Frost. have done it.
0: See, that's... <laughs> i'm so happy that because
1: i wasn't deacon frost
0: (laughs) i'm so happy jet lee wasn't him like i love jet lee but for you guys that are fans of lethal weapon Four, his accent (laughs) is really atrocious in there like he's still he's like fresh off the boat yeah it would have not worked in blade
1: um one of the other things here uh moving on from uh characters uh or from from the actors uh, a couple things a couple just stats the first cut of this film was like 2 hours 20 minutes and they had to do significant reshoots after the test audiences hated it at the end yeah. because originally Steven Dorff turns into like a giant swirling mass of blood he's like a blood god oh. but it looked horrible I'm and sure because the CGI this was bad um, it's fine for the time but it just it really looks bad It's yeah. and it's not that distracting but like at the end that one yeah. shot when he cuts him in half yeah. and he like reforms and the
0: and the uh the skeleton angels yeah, flying out of them yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so i think that's kind of interesting they they did recuts i mean i was reading a little thing about this yesterday one of the things i thought was so funny was like this comes on the heels of cartoons and video games that are the, that's the most prominent representation of marvel comics at the time
0: mm-hmm.
1: his fight with steven dorff at the end feels like an end boss yeah. in a video game i was thinking that watching it yesterday he goes he's like in the center mm-hmm. he's he's like fighting this guy who seems to be impenetrable he has his weapons, like, hidden in rock that he has to, like... He has to, like, get his items. Yep. He has a sword in the wall. He has, like, the the key to defeating him, like, hidden in some rocks. It, like... It felt like playing it a Super like Nintendo a video game. game for sure. And then, like you,
0: there's always and the worst thing was you couldn't save back then. Yeah, like you'd save before the boss fight, and he had yeah. three stages. Exactly. And then the second stage is when he cut him in half. Right. And he realized he's like, oh my god,
1: he's a he's a god. And you think you've won, but it's yeah. the end boss. So you know, there's going to be a second stage. Yep. And
0: then the third stage is like you actually have to use your brain. Yeah. And yeah. So I, I totally felt the same way. That's so yeah. funny that you say that.
1: Yeah. So in any case, uh, moving on to the people behind the movie, David S. Gore, we just talked about uh, just a couple. Weeks ago, yeah. he's like one of the sort of like godfather writers of the uh, action movie meets comic book movie adaptation field. Mm-hmm. Very, very heavily involved in the Batman franchise, um, Dark City. Uh, Coyer graduated from UFC in 1988 And sold his first screenplay for Death Warrant In 1989, which <laughs> yes. starred Jean-Claude Van Damme With his first paycheck, he bought a new Izuzu Trooper Which was stolen the very first night he drove it home
0: My single favorite I <laughs> Love that, that. It's, a go- <laughs> it, it's such a perfect 88 story uh, That's great um, Yeah, he wrote, uh, he wrote the original Dark Knight Copy, and then he worked on the trilogy. Yeah, that was what we just covered him. Yeah, for, Man yeah. of Steel, yeah.
1: Blade Trinity. Like he, yeah, he directed uh, Zigzag, Blade Trinity, The Invisible, and The Unborn. So he's a big comic book writer, big like all all over the stuff. We we just talked about him a couple of weeks ago. The Dark Knight yeah. episode was a lot of fun. I'd go check it out. It's a
0: really good episode. It's yeah. always cool when buddies that I haven't talked to in a while just reach out to me and like, hey, love this episode of your show. So. um... Moving on to Stephen Norrington, this uh, guy—he—he's had a very interesting career as a director. He started off in special effects and he did that for a long time on films like Aliens and Split Second. And uh, he—he had his directorial debut in '94 with Death Machine, Uh, but it was directing Blade that kind of put him on the map Mm -hmm. as a director. Even though he had a very, very short career, he did that and the sequel—or excuse me—he did that and then turned down the sequel for some reason. And then he ended up working on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which. I don't know about that film. I feel like I actually like that film more than most everybody. Yeah. Because that movie's pretty widely regarded as very bad.
1: Well, let's finish talking about Norrington. I'll share some thoughts on that movie. <laughs> okay, I'm
0: so <laughs> curious. All right. So, then he was supposed to do uh, Ghost Rider, and he ended up not doing that. He was attached to Freddy vs. Jason before Ronnie you took over. Um, he's just kind of had a weird... Weird career. He 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 was gonna do the Clash of the Titans, but he didn't, and then he was gonna do the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. The one with uh Norton. that was the one with Norton. Norton, yep. Um and then in ninety eight or excuse me, in two thousand eight it was announced that he was gonna do the Crow franchise, which didn't happen. So he's just kind of like I don't know why he keeps getting attached to all these projects and then turned down, but I think it's because
1: he the dude showed in thirteen years. Yeah, like
0: he showed promise. And and so let's let's hear what you have to say about League because that was kind of the that was a tilting point I think yeah and
1: that was the big that was the big movie that he should have in theory like that should have been a big success should have crushed it yeah so so League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a weird one because the concept is great yeah and that movie should be great do you know who the writer of that original comic and the creator of it is. I was things. just gonna say, I know it was a great comic. It's the it's the great. He's the he's the Godfather. It's Alan Moore. He's it's Alan Moore. Watchman, the comic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Alan Moore is like widely regarded as the Michael Jordan of comic book writing. He's mm-hmm. written most of the the most important comic books ever. Watchmen being the biggest one. There was an imprint that came out somewhere in the nineties or early two thousands. Top, no, I can't think what the name of it was, but he wrote like five titles for them or something. Prometheus, Tom Strong, hmm. Top Ten. Uh, leave, extraordinary gentlemen. These are all gray shirt. These are all these comics, the original concepts that he came up with, and he got to write all these books. And it was an independent publisher; it wasn't Marvel or DC. And they were all very like popular within the community. Everybody was like, "These are fucking great. These are yeah. great comics." So they decided to make this movie into uh, this comic into a movie. League. And yep, and uh, it, for all intents and purposes, should have been a huge success. But as uh, as Connery turned down. Um, he turned down The Matrix and Lord of the Rings because he didn't understand the scripts. The next time, the next time a script came along that he didn't understand, which was this, he accepted it, um, which is Ugh. so just like heartbreaking for the That's guy.
0: Brutal, because he also he did the Avengers.
1: Yep. Yeah. Like ninety seven. Yeah. Before this, and so what I he heard was... He didn't understand
0: the Matrix, I understand, but how do you not understand Lord of the Rings? Yeah. It, what if he was Theoden?
1: Oh, God, that would have been awesome. Yeah, Connor would have been fucking sweet. Come on, man. So, he turned them down. So, obviously, working on this movie, there was some expectation that he had that he didn't get it, but he was <laughs> going to do it anyway. And so, I guess working with him specifically was so difficult for Norrington that that was the thing that Norrington swore to never do another movie again he swore when he did the league that Conner. that was his last movie he would ever do.
0: Right, cuz he's he I forget I don't know if
1: I missed it but he'd sworn off he'd quit directing a couple times. Ever. Yeah. yeah. And uh so he's I guess that to me honestly if you're the kind of guy that has four movies and then you cap it off with a major release like that and you let with
0: one of the biggest stars in the world ever, yeah. ever,
1: and you swear off movies because of it, and you stay away from movies. That that speaks to me. that There's something going on in here, yeah. in Your head that's co- that's holding you back more than actually your experience, because there's a lot of difficult to work with actors for sure. And actors that, are pricks a lot of the time. Yeah, I and mean
0: Connery. Of as much as you want to love the guy, the dude's not that cool. I've, no. I've heard interviews with him and Barbara Walters about how he thinks that hitting women is okay yeah. and I've heard he's just a nightmare to work with so like I'm sure he sucks but yeah, like, that's, not,
1: that's not the point that's
0: not the point you're the director you take Helm you, do, you have him do yeah. what you want him to do and then you just don't
1: work with him ever again right exactly so, uh, so that was the thing uh, and I guess that's where Norrington is now he hasn't done yeah. a movie since so moving on to producers um, the major producers here are Snipes who this was his, he produced the full franchise and, he had enough uh, money to
0: produce anything at this point
1: well, that's what we thought. Well, <laughs> <you're> right. <laughs> that's what we thought. He wasn't paying his taxes, so... Yes. Uh, so millions of dollars. So you had a couple of people involved here. You had him and Avi Arad, and then you had a few other producers whose names probably most people don't know. The reason Avi Arad is relevant is because oh, he yep. is the guy that eventually was the CEO and founder of Marvel Studios, the studios that bring us all the wonderful Marvel movies we see now. Um, he was a major, major player in the mid-90s. So a lot of people don't know this, but Marvel Comics went bankrupt in 1996. Um, Really? They filed for bankruptcy. They had no money. They... uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know the story that well, but they had mismanaged their properties and went... They were going under. So there was a movement to... That's crazy. Isn't that that wild?
0: It's just crazy. Now they've got to be one of the most successful companies in the entire world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Toy Biz owned Marvel Comics for a while. Toy Biz was like a company that made action figures. Right. So... Uh, and this is also a reminder, guys, of like, even though comics were at their biggest ever in terms of numbers sold in the early 90s, it's nothing compared to licensing properties. Movies, it's like not even no. a drop in the bucket, comic books. So uh, Avi Arad was one of the guys that brought Marvel out of their bakery- bankruptcy in 1986 through a couple things. One of them was the mo- the movement into graphic novels as opposed to single mm. Books. Copy, yeah, yeah. Getting graphic novels into bookstores, like becoming the company that that was on the forefront of selling comics for seventeen ninety five for six issues as opposed to single books for two ninety five. It was a, a major thing. The other one, of course, was licensing properties. So mm-hmm. through the lawsuit, they ended up getting a bunch of their properties back um, that they had sold because they were bankrupt and the profit and all that stuff. And and he was one of the two guys that brought them out of it. So eventually, he's unfortunately the producer behind the entire run of horrible oh, the, movies that yeah. Marvel did like including the good ones right X-Men and X-2 he's behind all of them I'm ta- so <laughs> yeah. you're talking all the Blade movies X-Men 1 X-2 The Last Stand you're talking about Fantastic Four 1 the and Incredible 2 The Incredible Hulk the Incredible yeah, Hulk
0: both of them yeah. all the Hulks yeah, yeah other than Daredevil Elektra
1: yep. like The Punisher all those movies well <laughs> So he, because he launched Marvel Studios, um, but he resigned from Marvel in Marvel Studios in 2006. He is credited as being attached to the production of a couple of the movies, like Iron Man One. He's mm-hmm. on there for, but he you know, that was probably residual from when he was still working at the studio. So now he's doing some yeah. animation studio. I'm sure
0: we don't need to feel bad for the guy. No, he's, he's well. doing all
1: right. Um, but uh, I've heard stories about Avi Arad and like you know his. Input being like, oh no, kind of like the the metal spider thing you hear, stuff like that. Oh yeah, you know it needs to be a little more like this, you know, like right. right. So even though he he's proven to be, or maybe he
0: proved to be a genius at the time and bring him out of the slump, maybe he's creatively not on par with where they're at Something. now. Something, yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: exactly. So then all the rest of the producers on here, you have Andrew J. Horn, Peter Frankfurt, and Robert Engelman. Um, J. Horn is a guy who just. Worked on Blade and Blade 2 as a mm-hmm. producer. Frankfurt and Engelman both have done quite a bit more stuff. Um, Engelman, here's here's his run. Between ninety four and ninety six. It's a good run, guys. The Mask, Mortal Kombat, and Kazam, starring Shaquille O'Neal. But here's the beauty of that. Yeah. If you think about Mortal Kombat, like it feels a lot like Blade. Yeah. It feels a lot it's the like the same Blade. soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a very similar movie. And here's a great piece of trivia for you. When Steven Dorf bites and kills that cop on the roof and throws him in the infinity pool, guess what movie's playing on the TV? What is it? Mortal fucking Kombat. Is it Mortal Kombat? Yeah. No, I
0: know. We, I said that. It's the same
1: studio. You remember me saying yeah. that? I was like, is that Reptile from Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Um, so then after Blade, he ended up doing... This is a great run. Mystery Men from Justin to Kelly and Scooby-Doo. For those of you that don't remember what Justin to Kelly is, it's the movie starring Justin Guarini and Kelly Clarkson after yep. the first season of American Idol. And Justin Guarini, I think, was the runner up and she was. won. Yeah. And he had like that poofy hair. Yep. And it was like I remember a, the cover, yeah, from Justin and like Kelly. seeing
0: it on the walls yeah. in the theaters. Oh, so
1: and he's now oh. the guy. He's now Justin Gorini. No, he's doing stuff. He's the guy in the Slim Jim commercials with the with the with the bandana. That's him. He's like doo, 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 doo. that guy. That's still him. Still making more money than I am. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and there's like a credit at the bottom of the screen. It's like Justin. Where he is. It's, it's like
0: <laughs> Slim Jim man or whatever. I have to go watch this. Yeah. So I don't then know how I didn't know that
1: Frankfurt basically worked on the Blade movies. Uh, started having Scrooge and lethal weapon as like a production assistant or a coordinator or something like that. So that's that. Right, oh, and then guys. his
0: career ended with Blade Trinity, as did Wesley Snipes. Yep. Moving on to critical and box office, this was released by New Line. It was only forty million dollars to make. It was released in August of nineteen ninety eight. It grossed seventy million domestically, with an additional sixty one worldwide, for a grand total of one hundred and thirty one million dollars in nineteen ninety eight. With an opening weekend at seventeen million dollars,
1: you can throw up the uh, box office graphic here. We have for adjusted domestic gross by Wesley Snipes. Um, as you can see, white men. Yep. after adjustment, white men can't jump is his biggest earner, Rising followed by Sun. Rising Sun. I have
0: no idea what Waiting to Exhale is.
1: You don't? No. Uh, like 1994, probably. It was like. A, is it an action movie? No, no, it's like a. Sounds like a drama. It's like a Tyler Perry type of movie. Oh, really? I think so. I mean, I, I I vaguely remember it. It's not as like it's not as like played out as that. Right. But it was like that sort of type of movie. Um, people in bl- relationships and sex and stuff like that. Gotcha. Uh, I was like on cable once and I felt like I shouldn't be watching it because there was sexy Watch the whole thing. <laughs> uh, Blade, Blade Two, Demolition Man, Major League, Major League, which is classic. Yeah. U.S. Marshals, New Jack City, and Passenger Fifty Seven. So, like, when I looked at this list, is when I was like, he's not underrated. Because, no, exactly. Because I was just like, you know, I mean, his best movie maybe ever is maybe Major League, like. Major League is great. Blade yeah, white Men Can't Jump is pretty good, White too. Men Can't Jump, right. Like, those are some pretty sweet movies. And like New Jack City has some good moments. But I like most of those movies. You know, Simon Phoenix, he's entertaining.
0: Yeah, they're all fine. They're all decent movies. None of them I'm like, I don't want to watch that. I'd, I'd probably watch any of those movies again.
1: Yeah, it's a top ten where I wouldn't be super disappointed to watch any of the movies. But it would not be like my goal to go catch up on them.
0: This is so interesting, though. So you sit there and you talk about Wesley Snipes in his peak and, like, is his peak Snipes and it seemed like he would have money to do anything.
1: Yeah.
0: It goes to show that even though he was a pretty successful actor, a very successful actor, and you look at the amount of money that his films made, it makes sense that since he never got better and his films never got better, he never actually... It made sense why he was able to go bankrupt. Yeah. Like, these movies, I mean, $131 million in 98 isn't a lot of money. Right. It's, It's not small especially for a 40 million dollar budget but like seeing that his top 10 are in that and you and you have some that aren't even in the 100 millions it makes sense why Wesley Snipes was able to go bankrupt.
1: Well you also see I mean from a creative point of view like why it's so important if you have a big brand to diversify which is why the yeah. joke in the 2000s about every young actor having a production company was like a thing because it starts to be very clear the decision for Wesley Snipes to transition let's say into more dramatic roles would be difficult but maybe, because maybe, maybe he says to himself, no one's going to take me seriously as a dramatic actor, or that's not what I want to do. But what you do say is, then, then I'm going to at least try to get behind producing movies that are regarded differently. Right. So if I want to show up in a movie I that's nominated show. for an Oscar as a supporting character, I can, because I'm producing it. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference, is like, he's unfortunately in a position where he's doing Chirac, because he knows Spike, you know, he does it last year, and I have that conversation with him, and he talks about how great of an opportunity it is for him to do that movie, and he's good in Chirac. Yeah. But you really want to be at a point in your career when you're in your 50s where you're able to get those roles and unfortunately for, for guys like Dolph Lundgren and Wesley Snipes it's like you have to be the 50 some odd year old guy who takes great care of your body yep. and continues doing straight to video action movies because that's what the world knows you for and you didn't really develop your brand as a producer to do other things
0: yeah or as an actor yeah right Yeah.
1: yeah I mean that unfortunately for him as entertaining as Blade is it is definitely his acting that holds the movie back from being much more than it is that is very true yeah I mean, he's just not particularly good in it. So, uh,
0: critically, this film got a 7.1 on IMDb, which seems high. Honestly, it really does. But you know what? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe 7.1 seems right because it's it is fun to watch. It's a good film. It's good enough. That's a C.
1: That's I, a very low C for their for their scale. It's like pretty. I think that's pretty understandable. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm like pretty harsh with my top ten scale because mm-hmm. like, what's a perfect ten? A 10. Absolutely. Nothing's a 10. La La Land. Yeah, five movies are in, Right? <laughs> if you're a nine, you're in a remarkable class of movies that are, like, the best movies oh, ever made. Oh, I
0: think... Yeah, I think even being in an eight plus is being in some of the hard... It's, like, the top 2%. Right. You know? So, when you start, start, when you start talking about sevens, if you're over seven... Especially, Especially a, as an action movie, very above average movie. Yeah, yeah that's, that's you know? a good point. I would
1: put Blade like if I was gonna, I would put Blade like a six point one if I was going off that scale. But mm-hmm. as far as the IMDb scale goes, it's 7.1's fine. Yeah,
0: it makes sense because the difference between seven point one and eight point one is like millions apart. You know, yeah, it's not just right. ten numbers. Totally uh, okay. And then uh, do you want? Do you want? To, oh, actually, real quick, I'll do this. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a fifty four by all critics, a thirty three percent by top, and a seventy eight by audience, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, that makes sense um, for what we
1: were just talking about. What is this that you pulled here? Oh, this is the same thing about him wanting to do another Blade movie. Oh, gotcha. Um, but uh, So, the question is, Blade, clearly, in both of our opinions, is not one of the 5 or 10 best Marvel Comics movies. It's so hard now. Yeah, there's so many good ones. So, the yeah. question becomes, what are the top 5 Marvel Comics movies? Ever. The Your list, my
0: list? Not including, like, Daredevil.
1: No, Marvel Comics. Not, not Marvel Studios, Marvel Comics. Anything based on a Marvel character goes.
0: Even, like... Netflix series? That's what I mean. Not the movies. Okay, movies. Movies Movies specifically. Top five? Top five. Okay. What's your number five? Oh, man. I think I'm going to have to put it at a tie between Punisher. (laughs) Thomas Jane Punisher? Thomas Jane Punisher. Uh,
1: Not Dolph Lundgren Punisher. No. Not
0: Warzone. (laughs) (laughs) No? No the good one with yeah. John Travolta they're gonna put it a tie at Punisher and The Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield
1: oh wow you went with some interesting choices those are my two that's like, okay like my number five I love both those movies a lot I liked Amazing Spider-Man I thought that they did a good job I thought it really captured sort of like the teenage you do? you really did? I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I would immediately go there, is that that's a top fiver. I think that Rice Iphens is awesome as the
0: bad guy, as the croc. And I also think that Andrew Garfield was a good Spider Man.
1: Yeah. The unfortunate part about that Spider Man series is that it, because of the studio war, as far as who owned which properties, it wasn't a Marvel Comics movie yeah. or a Marvel Studios movie, which means they're rebooting it again already.
0: Yeah. And that was the thing is also with them being caught in like that war, they casted these. Actors that were On their way up In their star profile But also were kind of In between being a teenager And an adult Yeah And now you can't use Emma Stone or him In the new Spider-Man Because he's got to be Like a 16 year old
1: Yeah It's really unfortunate And it's It's one of those things Where like as much as We like to believe And we're in this So like audience driven world Where the fans dictate What gets made It's not the case mm-hmm. The studio said You know what we own the property to do a Spider-Man movie for this many more years. We need to get a cash grab out of this comic for the next two, the next five years. We need to do yeah. two movies, and that's what we're going to do. And it doesn't matter that Marvel Studios is doing their thing because if we don't do this, we spent all this money to own this property for this long, and our contracts up.
0: Yeah. The so same thing with Fantastic Four. there will be, have been six Spider-Man movies in the last fifteen years.
1: I mean, think about Fantastic Four. They uh. once once that once that transitions over. There will be another like Fantastic Four movie and, and I it be...
0: hope it's good.
1: I hope so. I want it so bad. I I didn't even see the one that came out. You know what? I didn't either and I like all of them. Yeah, I know it's a great cast. It's an amazing cast. Fucking fantastic cast. Yeah. But the it was legitimately panned as one of the worst movies of the year ever. Like it was, it was like Battlefield percent or Earth. something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so those are my number 5. What's your number 5? Uh, <clears throat> my number 5 is going to be X2 X United. Uh, people often don't, don't remember That it was called X-United I just remembered that So uh. X2 was very good uh, X2 was like Before Dark Knight Was the gold standard For the best comic book movie Shows how far we've come um, I still say X2 Has some great scenes It's it's peak Logan It's I think it's peak uh, It's peak Jackman As Wolverine I think the closest you get is Days of Future Past Logan. Yeah. But He's sweet in X2. Yeah. Like, all the Logan solo movies are bad. Um, I hope Logan. I Logan's really hope good. Logan's good. Yeah. But, the, I mean, Origins is bad. The Wolverine's not particularly good. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they're just kind of mediocre movies. X2 is like when he's at his best. He kills the guy through the fridge. Yep. Um, it's just, it was like. That it perfect, was just a sweet movie, like really sweet. It's got Brian Cox. It's got Brian uh, Cox. It's just and it's that Stryker. sweet combination of like I'll never get away. It's that sweet combination of like you get to see a bunch of X-Men characters before the the days like now where like they can put every character yeah. into a movie. and like It was like watching
0: Civil War 10 years before Civil War came out. Right. Or 15 years you before. you got a
1: bunch of characters. you got a bunch of little characters kind of showing New up here ones. and there.
0: you got Ben Foster's Archangel. Was that in that one or was that three? That's the three? third
1: one. Ah, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah this, I, I think X2 is, is still very good. It holds together really well. Good. I think it's the one that ends with the big Phoenix explosion, right? She dies at the end? Yeah. Yeah. She they leave Jean behind yeah right? it's
0: like that. Yeah, they're trying to take off and she ends up staying on the ground and stopping the water and all that the
1: movie's really good it's really
0: good I and like the fight between him and the chick with the yeah, yeah, fingers yeah. Totally. is sweet he gets like he gets gnarred up in there like Wolverine yeah. gets torn apart
1: that's one of those things too though where like that chick's supposed to be Lady Deathstrike and they don't do a very good job with right. it because from the comics she looks nothing it's just it was stupid so um, <laughs> people like me who didn't yeah. read the comics were like she's sweet yeah. look at her sharp fingers um
0: Number four, I'm going to go with Civil War. Okay. Captain America Civil War. I think for me, uh, our good friend Matt Haggerty, yeah. who is gone again, he moved to Atlanta for a year to shoot Infinity Wars. Um, it's the next two Avengers movies. And he told me everything. No, he didn't tell me anything. Uh, <laughs> he like won't even tell
1: his roommate things. No, he, like, <laughs> he
0: said the only person that he would tell anything to if he were going to tell anyone would be his brother who lives in Alaska. Yeah. He said that's the only person he would if he were to.
1: Watching so him like, start dating did. a smoking hot chick tell her everything yeah. her. <laughs> uh
0: what i loved about civil war was not only was it a badass movie is that it brought in new characters like black panther and new spider-man and all that yep. and it was done so well yeah it, they didn't steal from each other and i was so worried about it getting all just being a clusterfuck essentially yeah. on screen and it wasn't yeah and so that just gives me a lot of hope for infinity war so that is my number four
1: yeah, it's uh it was definitely super sweet. I didn't put Civil War on my list. Um I really like Civil War. My thing with Civil War is kind of the same reason that the First Avengers surprise surprise doesn't make my list.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make mine either. They're living close.
1: They're really fucking sweet, but there's this thing I have with like so many characters, like superhero characters. We're just comfortable with it now, mm-hmm. so we sort of forget that like if you're just watching this for the first time, it's it's a little bit like there's a little too much going on. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's the reason Civil War didn't make it for me. But it's close.
0: In improv, we always talk about in scenes, you want to go deep, yeah. not wide. Yeah, and it feels like with Avengers movies, you're just covering way too much.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's Age of Ultron. I felt the same way. Yeah, um, but I mean, but Civil War would be would make my top ten because the fight scenes, are...
0: just the fight scene alone between Cap. Uh, the Winter Soldier yeah. and Iron Man is
1: awesome that shot they showed from the trailer was so, so sick good right where they're trading off a shield yeah. beating him down <laughs> yeah. super fucking cool yeah and also when they're getting out of the building was really cool the beginning yeah um, there was just some awesome awesome stuff in that movie so um, anyway my number four is gonna be Deadpool um, Deadpool I, I love that movie yeah it's really good I laughed out loud it was I mean Talk about talk about a career turnaround. Ryan Reynolds was on the outs. He was didn't he just win Sexiest Man Alive this last year?
0: Yeah, I the thing that's so crazy about Ryan Reynolds is that you love to hate him when he was oversaturated. Yeah. Then he completely fell off the market, became like, you know, he was in buried. Yeah. And then what happened I think the best thing that ever happened to Ryan Reynolds, and I think he'll agree, is marrying Blake Lively <laughs> Seems like it, yeah. It seems like something about when they got married, they both kinda got their heads on right. And now look at him. He's yeah. a badass. Ryan Reynolds is awesome. He really is. And, like, you watch him in interviews and the shit that he says, the dude yeah. is
1: awesome. He's, like, yeah. a really cool dude. Yeah, well, you know, I've always been a big fan of just friends. and uh, Yeah, just yeah. friends. The unfortunate thing for Ryan Reynolds was that until Deadpool, the best thing he had ever done was just friends. <laughs> By far. Yeah. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. That movie is a classic. Uh, number three, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, okay. Guardians. Shocked. Great. Didn't think it was going to be that good. Loved it. Yeah, it's Star Wars and the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, Guardians is my number two. So I can just say that. So what's your number three? My number three is Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Really? I went Winter Soldier over Civil War. Yeah. What's your number one? Iron Man. Iron Man. Okay,
0: all right. So I think Iron Man is my number one it's really tough but first class is really close number 2 oh
1: you put it way high i
0: love first class let's I be honest i love it there's no. two
1: good scenes in first class no, the rest dude. Of the movie's it that's the
0: thing is that that's what everyone says and those scenes are awesome well, we know which ones they are are yeah, they both for the fastbender yeah amazing yeah yeah,
1: yeah. but that
0: movie is awesome i love that movie the scenes on the beach at the end when he gets paralyzed and like the way he kills kevin bacon with a corner with the quarter yeah. and the pulling of the teeth and just I love that movie. Yeah, it's almost my number one, but I have to give it to Iron Man because Iron Man started it all. Even though X Men started it all.
1: Well, yeah, it's it's. You look at each era. Like it's funny. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about Blade because we're on the, the subject of comic book movies. You have to go way back you look at the very 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 first era of superhero movies Superman and it's Superman yeah but Superman didn't really spawn a good generation of no, them it, it just, was just like now we can make Superman movies yeah so seven that, of them that was the 70s and the 80s mm-hmm. then the next big era and the big explosion was Batman in 89 yep. so you had the, basically the entire 90s for the most part were Batman movies and a couple failed attempts you had like all these produced the uh, movies that never saw the light of day. There was a Captain America movie that got made that never came out. There was a Nick Fury movie starring David Hasselhoff yes, that never came out. Yes, there was a, I believe there was a Fantastic Four movie. Um, there's just these; they, they just weren't doing it right. So, the '90s was sort of like this Batman wasteland.
0: Yeah, because I remember as a kid in the '90s during this Batman wasteland is when you were starting to be like, "But I want more." Right, totally. Yeah. The
1: Batman cartoon, oh, the Superbad, really popular.
0: bad... Uh, Superman, Superman movie came out in 2000.
1: Oh, the Superman returns. returns. Yeah, 06 probably was it that late? Oh wow. seven, something like that. That was so bad. Yeah, with Kevin Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Yeah, yeah, Brandon Ralph. Um, so so yeah, but I think Iron Man really represents the the kickoff of the next because it's the same year as Dark Knight. I mean, Dark Knight and Iron Man are the same fucking year. Yeah, DC and Bar- Marvel both had a massive hit. And Iron Man in 2008 made set records for how much money it made, mm-hmm. and now we've really seen. You know, it's been almost, it's going to be ten years since that movie came out pretty soon, and the last decade has just been crazy for comic book movies. It's, it's so crazy. I mean, technically, we could cover
0: Iron Man on the show.
1: Let's be honest; we can do whatever we can do
0: whatever we, whatever we want. But like again, if we did Dark Knight, then we can do Iron Man because he has no superpowers.
1: And as I've always said, Iron Man and Batman are, are
0: this yeah for their respective yeah. companies. But is now we're just really tangenting, but I just got to say it real quick. Robert Downey Jr. is by far... That's his career-defining role, but 10 years ago, he was so famous for other shit other yeah, than hookers. it's
1: really hard to say. I mean, at this point, right now, that's that's like easy to say. Yeah. It's like that or Sherlock Holmes. Right, but but, he's, and he's had such a long career. Man, he got an Oscar nomination for playing Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. I mean, like, that guy was in all kinds of shit in the 80s. That's what I'm saying. Is It's like, how can
0: you give him a career-defining role for a person that was if he were to have died yeah and never made iron man he would still been regarded as a great actor totally yeah that's yeah. just it's just super interesting to think about that
1: absolutely so uh, my list then counting 5 to 5 to 1 is x-men 2 deadpool captain america to the winter soldier guardians of the galaxy and iron man 1
0: and mine are the amazing spider-man and the punisher guardians of the galaxy iron man 1 i'm not doing them in order oh sure and uh and um X Men First Class, sweet. Yep.
1: All right, moving on, guys. If you have a top five you want to share with us, leave them in the comments, please. Or, of course, tweet at us. Oh, we didn't even do any introductions. We didn't do any introductions. It's, it's, we haven't done a show in a whole year. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want to tweet your thoughts, tweet at AMA Podcast. You can tweet mm-hmm. me at personally at Ben Bateman Media,
0: and you can tweet me personally at Andrew Guy. And uh, also, let's let's please do hit up Twitter with with any of your top fives or your thesis or anything. My phone died halfway through the show, so at AMA Podcast with any of your thoughts, including what we're moving into next. It's been a long time, my
1: friend. Yeah. Doing a favorite line. Yeah. Yeah. He thought we were going into <laughs> recast. thought we were going into recast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Uh, this one's pretty easy for me. I mean, mm-hmm. Blade's got some... He's got some really good moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's... We, I'll bet you we have... One is going to have one, one's going to have the other, unless we have the same yeah, one. Yeah, I
0: mean, go... Yeah, go at ahead. At the
1: end, when he kicks the, the googly-moogly stuff into Steven Dora's head, and he looks at him, he's like... Some motherfuckers is always trying to ice skate up. Ice skate up. I don't think he says is, actually. I just added that Yeah, in. That was a bad Ebonics mistake. I'm what is sorry, wrong man. with you? Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice, ice skate, skate uphill. uphill.
0: Yeah, that was just great. And it was one of those just like breaking character. Yeah, it was perfect. I'm actually going to do a different one so that you can do the other Wesley one. Okay. Uh, it's a Stephen Dorf line and it's early on. He goes, for fuck's sake, these people are our food, not our allies. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I just thought it was a sweet line. It's like, I would be him. Yeah, right. I would probably be that guy. I'd be You're like, we eat them. Right. Why are we listening to them? Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know. And then you'd get killed by Blade. And then I'd get killed by Blade. Yeah. And I'd be the bad guy.
1: Yeah, and then he'd look at you before he killed you. and be like, you <laughs> could have been Stephen Dorff. <laughs> you skating uphill, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> All right, what's the other great Blade one? Producer. I producer. I was willing to cast an Asian American as Stephen Dorf. He was. You're gently. skating uphill, motherfucker. motherfucker. Uh, uh, the other one is just like when you Blade first talks. Yep. When he's like saving the doctor from the hospital. Uh, no, no, it's not when he first talks, actually.
0: Yeah, he said a few lines.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's the first time he like breaks character and says some shit, and he's like, you motherfuckers out your mind! you <laughs> out your damn mind! Yeah, because when they shoot him, right? Yeah, he says, like, are you out your goddamn mind? And they're <laughs> yeah. shooting at him because he's trying to save her. I don't know, it's just like, he breaks character a few times in the movie to do shit like that, and he, every time he does it, it's just brilliant. Well, it
0: is, because he's so stoic. That when he breaks he's like <sighs> and he smiles or he says that you're like where the fuck did that come from you're like oh, that's yeah. kind of awesome though it's Wesley Snipes awesome.
1: he's yeah. punching it up you know. he's a producer <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I improv that <laughs> alright we're going to move into something we haven't done in quite a long time guys and this it. is going to be recast <laughs> we take the cast of this film from 1998 we flash it forward 16 years if we were to remake the movie today with new actors in the lead roles who would we cast to star in these roles. Uh, a little loose today. I went with, some, I think, some people I've never used before.
0: I went with a bunch of people I'd never used before either, but I think it's a great cast. So
1: uh, how about Stephen Dorff? Who do you got?
0: So I went with Sam Claflin, Who's that? He plays Fennec in uh, in the Hunger Games movies. Fennec. He's like kind of... You think he's a bad guy. He's kind of like douchey, all-American, blonde. Oh, Trident, dude.
1: He's, what? Trident, dude. Yeah, he's the, one of tri- the- yeah, 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 okay. He's one of the
0: dudes, one of the kids. Yeah, he's been training his whole life he's, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what and you find about. out he's actually a good guy. Yeah, I just yeah. watched him in another movie where he's like a he plays a quadriplegic. Yeah. Um, with Amelia Clark, he's he's actually a pretty good actor. I actually really like that guy, and I think he's got the perfect look, like that vampire look. Sure, you know. Sure.
1: Um, so I went with If they were going to remake The movie today They would need some uh, They would need some Like brand name power And I think this is A perfect opportunity For Robert Pattinson To make his return To the vampire realm <laughs> it. And play Stephen Dorr Because here's the thing About Robert Pattinson He's not great In the Twilight movies like, No He's just not great But I also don't think Those movies are great Or no, the scripts are great No they're not He was in a movie With Guy Pearce Called The Rover
0: Are you going to tell me He's a good actor? He was great in that. That's what I hear from so many people is that Robert Pattinson's a fantastic actor. He was
1: good enough in Remember Me. Is that
0: the plain one or the 9/11 yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's that's good enough I in that about. movie.
1: And uh and he was fine in the Harry Potter movie. He's like he's yeah. he's like I don't know that he would nail this to the wall cuz Steven Dorff is a very particular brand of like fuck. Yeah. But like it's, it's cuz he's kind of he's kind of sleazy. If you put Pattinson not as like the the top name, but he's like the third or fourth bill, then I think you could legitimately make him work as the villain. Well, I think the the one and thing like a bad guy vampire.
0: You and I have uh, similar with these casts. Is both these guys have that. About them And yeah. my, guy, my guys Had the opportunity to do it I think they both Could do it pretty well
1: I don't think Pattinson Would take it Because I think He no. wouldn't want Anywhere near a vampire Which really.
0: is hilarious Because at this point He should take Basically anything He,
1: we, he may prove us wrong Efron, I think he will Efron did it like, Yeah we, Shia is doing it Yeah Pattinson really honestly May resurface <sighs> I hope not
0: Really? I really do You don't like that guy The Ephrons And the Channing Tatums Of the world Yeah I don't think I I did hate Zach Efron at one point. Yeah. I really did with high school musical, but I didn't actually dislike him. I just he was just way too oversaturated, just like Pattinson was. So maybe give him some time, maybe I'll come around. And
1: look at Leo. He turned out to be the greatest actor of our generation, not the Philip Summer, you know? Yeah. I mean
0: that's that's
1: a <sighs> PSH. All right, and Boucher Wright, who are you gonna go as the girl? Naomi Harris. I okay. love
0: her. I just saw her in Collateral Beauty, which is actually way better than I thought it was gonna be. And she's awesome as M and she's beautiful. I I like her. That's who I want.
1: Uh I went with Naomi Rapace. She's the chick from Prometheus and yep. the original um, uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. Yeah. Uh, she's just kinda got this interesting look and she's pa- she's gonna pair up well off my blade recast. Um, obviously it's a it's a racial shift, which there's no real reason she has to be black, so no. she feels like she would be good for the role. She seems like interesting yeah, so and I would the, believe her only as a biologist. One
0: moment why she needs to be black. That's when he first saves her. Oh, because he looks, and it reminds me of, of his of, mom of his mom in the in the hospital. Well, I think
1: I would hope that if they redid this movie, they would ditch the whole Blades mom thing. That thing
0: that sucked. That it, whole storyline was really dumb and, and not okay and
1: bad and weird and, and gross. Yeah, and gross. she was like sexual towards him. Yeah, and yeah. it was weird. He did not be there. No, it just needed to, to be like
0: you've been looking for the vampire that bitch you. Your your mom your whole life. It was me. Like that's all you needed to do. Yeah. That's it. You don't need even, to bring
1: even, her in. Even that feels like I don't need that. that no, you feels don't. Like way too convenient. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's Hollywood for you. Yeah. For Chris Christopherson, I went with Mr. Scott Glenn. But uh, I wanted to do. Are you going to use him or no? Scott Glenn? No, oh, no. My Sam other one? No, yeah. no, no. I got. I wanted one. to do an honorable mention for Sam Elliott from Roadhouse because the guy is timeless. He is yeah. a vampire.
1: Yeah. I went. Uh, I went. Chris, uh, not Chris Christopherson. That's who we're recasting. <laughs> uh, I went Mad Mads Mickelson. So I am pain. He death. He's fucking sweet. <laughs> he's that awesome. guy's great. Okay, talk for, about a guy who's really built his career out of being the like evil looking guy that no one knew who he was. To like, I yeah. was in Rogue One. To I actually, was in Rogue One and Doctor Strange in the same
0: year. Yeah. The two biggest movies of the year. Um, that yeah. guy's sweet. Casino Royale was the first time that I really like noticed Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, and what he's done for his career is amazing and then the fact that he opens a full bottle of vodka in an interview that if you guys haven't mind. seen that like you sent me yeah. that clip and i saw it blown up all over social media the next couple days
1: he's a badass he opened a full bottle of vodka in a junket interview and he looks like he drinks a full bottle of vodka every day He does but he holds it together but remarkably he really will. does it great yeah and it's vodka that's the thing about him because he looks—he looks like, like a alcoholic. foreign villain. Oh, I should say he looks like a foreign villain in an action movie. He does. Like he has that look. There, there he just just opens the full bottle of vodka. It's just amazing. Um, yeah, Mads here. It oh, is. there it
0: is. There's my full bottle. Let me oh, just sure crack that open real Let's quick. Open bottle of
1: Stoli. <laughs> Pour it in this glass I'm just <laughs> going to get wasted because I don't want to be here doing press <laughs> And I can do whatever I want So what I want him for this is I want him to have Like long raggedy hair And just like grizzled And like a beard Like
0: won- a mix between him and Doctor Strange as the bad guy yeah. But just like with Chris Christopherson Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Who's your blade? Chadwick Boseman the new uh, Black oh, Panther. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, the guy from Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's awesome. He's I I, great.
0: I loved him. I think he he can fight like a badass. I just I just really like that guy. I think he's got I think he's got what we always talk about. I think he's got movie star charisma. Sweet. Yeah.
1: I went with an interesting one. I went with Masashala Ali. So he is the. <laughs> What'd you call me? He's uh, he's in Moonlight, which is one of the big Oscar yep. contenders. He's in House of Cards. He's in uh, what's it? Luke Cage. Um, he's great. He's really yeah. really good in Moonlight. He's maybe a little old for the role, but I have a feeling if they were like, we're going to make a Blade movie, we just, you know, train for six months, get in like superhero shape, get super jacked, Mm -hmm. he could do it. And I like him. I like him. I believe him. He seems like, I like the idea of him playing against. Uh, Naomi, Naomi Rapace and all that. Like He just seems like he'd be good for it. I don't know. Maybe that's just me reaching on this one, but no, I think sweet. No, I like sweet. that.
0: I actually think that's a good cast. What I also like is that you and I have different people for our new young black actor instead of just Michael B. Jordan like a year ago when we did this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, I know.
0: It's crazy how we've done 80 plus episodes, and if you go back and you watch the beginning, anytime we had to recast a younger black actor or an older black actor, there's like eight to pull from. And right. in And just in a year and a half, that number has grown exponentially, which I think is awesome.
1: And I've talked about the Michael B. Jordan interview on the Bill Simmons podcast before, where he's having the conversation with Simmons. Yeah. Simmons is like, "Who's on your corner? Like, who are you up against for roles?" And he's like,
0: "Honestly, uh, Denzel. Denzel. He's like, yeah. it's like we're
1: all. It's like he's like it's the Ills change the age. There's like a few guys. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And now
0: it's just cool. It's just cool. It's like you look at all these fantastic actors coming up, and yeah, I'm excited about it. So, so let's uh, let's move on to." Categories...
1: Yeah, this is an g- interesting one. So there's three action movie categories, <laughs> yeah. guys. There's Totally Ridiculous, which mm-hmm. are movies like Con Air and Face Off, and they kind of make you laugh unintentionally, but they're entertaining. There's Totally Legitimate movies like The Fugitive or Lone Survivor or even like we'll say Terminator 2 because mm-hmm. they hold together really, really well. You're never really taken out of the movie. My
0: sister loves Lone Survivor, by the way. I had no idea she'd even watch it, Julia, so the oldest. Good. yeah, So
1: good. And then uh, the middle category, which is Ridiculously Legitimate. These are movies like Predator, The Rock, Speed. Yeah. Um, they they kind of make you laugh unintentionally. Intentionally here and there but ultimately they're rooted in like a few really strong elements like maybe a great lead character and uh we kind of divide movies into the three categories blade's a really interesting one do you have do you have yours it is really interesting because the movie's self-aware so much to the point it
0: almost touches it's it's so weird it's like you see elements of the matrix and elements of deadpool and elements of all these films
1: in this film the studio originally wanted to make this a, a, a an action comedy, like a self-referential right. parody, almost, and and Gore had to talk him out of it. It almost was that movie. It was so close. Snakes on a plane. Meets yeah. Plane, you know?
0: I think I still, at the end of the day, I still have to go. Ah, shit, I don't know. What are your thoughts? I want to hear your thoughts. Probably both. Just, just unveil.
1: I think probably going. If I was to like, I think this movie is totally ridiculous. Right. It feels like it should be. Yeah. It's it doesn't have enough things going for it where I'm like, that's an all-time this, that, or the other that I'm like, this gets to be the middle category. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a good enough lead. He's, like, a very entertaining lead, but not so much so that I feel like he's necessarily a better lead than Malkovich as the villain in, like, Con Air, or, like, a better lead than, like, you know, cages so, and like face off. Like it's you know, it's like he's he's Is it good. specifically him that pulls you out of that middle category? No, I was trying to think he's the he's in some he's the most memorable part of the movie. Yeah. Because everything else is sort of like Steamendorf's fine. It's like really silly in a lot of cases. There's some really cool moments, but mm-hmm. overall, like you laugh throughout a lot of this movie. It's silly. I mean the schoolgirls like dancing oh, in the yeah. club. We didn't even reference that. I mean there's so many things about this movie. The the fat thing that is farting like there's just like a lot of it is just absurd yeah, so yeah. for me watching it i think i have to put it in the totally ridiculous category yeah
0: like, i think i do too but just because it feels right i feel like totally r- ridiculous is the right thing however i know that watching this film growing up it was 100% ridiculously legitimate yeah. like there was things in there that were like
1: terrifying and the like the dude getting a blowjob in the club when they first walked yeah,
0: in yeah it's just <laughs> it's, she didn't even it's reference awesome. that moment. We
1: didn't. We're like, wow, yeah. this is definitely rated off. Yeah, you know what? Yeah.
0: For that and, and like, <laughs> the other weird random things, the schoolgirls and just, like, the mom. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go totally, totally ridiculous. Yeah. The mom. I think the mom is the only argument I have to make. Yeah. That
1: took me out. It was super weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because at that point... We always mention how, like, it's so hard to finish up an action movie. It's, it's almost hard to finish up a comedy, but it's so hard to finish up an action movie and make it, like, you know, power through to the end. Yeah. And this movie does a good job of it, but that storyline of the mom, it takes away... From the inflation of of the climax, I think. It's super weird. It's super weird. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So we're in agreement. So there's only one thing left to do on the show today, and that's called The Pitch. pitch. So uh, I believe what we're going to do is we have two ideas for next week. We do. And uh, they're both in reference to things that are going on, and Mm -hmm. we're going to put them up in a poll, uh, as long as you're okay with this. I'm totally okay with it, yeah. Uh, So, number one, we have talked for the longest time about doing... Armageddon on the show. We have. Uh, our buddy Roka, who came on the last time to do... What was Roca on here for? Uh, Demolition Man or Fifth Element? Fifth Element. I think he Element. was on for the Fifth Element. Uh, yeah, um, Yeah. Roka, who does a couple different podcasts, has always said to us that he needs to come back to do Armageddon. So obviously, if we vote for Armageddon next week, he can't come that week. We'll push it a week. Yeah. But we need Roka to come in and do Armageddon. That's option number one. I'm so
0: inclined to do Armageddon because I do not... Remember caring strongly about that film, other than this song. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a performance of this song on the show. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you love this movie, Armageddon. You love Armageddon. Well, it's,
1: it's part of the classic Bay.
0: Do you think it's one of the greatest American action movies made? No, that's what Roca
1: says. says.
0: That's what Roca says. That's what Roca says. American I, action. I've
1: always thought that Armageddon was like sweet, totally, totally, totally like. A product of its time. Right. It's like Affleck in his like young, just post girl hunting, and, before yeah. Pearl, yeah, it's like everything about the first run of Affleck is in this movie. It's got Willis, it's got the fucking soundtrack. I know. I okay, 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 okay. All the supporting characters you love, Shemi, it's got fucking Michael Clark Duncan. I know,
0: so that's my point. Is like Billy you, Bob you talk about this oh movie Wilson? in high
1: regards. Roka
0: is the one I was confusing
1: it with, yeah. who thinks this is one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. I wanna be on board. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time so hopefully it's as good as I remember um, that's option one okay. option two and I believe we'll do both of these probably in the next three weeks mm-hmm. but option two is going to be Patriot's Day why not? which is the third Doc Buster by Peter Berg Peter Berg and Mark Wahlberg working together this
0: we is, love Lone Survivor we love Deepwater Horizon it has
1: like an 80% on tomatoes yeah. so it's supposed to be really good this
0: is one of those moments where you're like God damn it, are you taking advantage of something or not? And yeah. are you oversaturating yourself because you've done two Dockbusters in the same year?
1: Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's definitely a lot. a lot. I've heard Patriots Day's great. They probably did them back to back and knew, like we'll just release these, whatever. Yeah. Um I hope it's really good. Me too. Um, you know, it would be we should try to bring somebody on we have a lot of friends at this network who are from Boston. And I think that would be a that'd be a fun. That's interesting. Maybe Roxy wants to come on for this. Maybe. It's yeah. been a long time since we had Rox on. Yeah, that'd yeah, would be cool. So, that I think that'd be a cool thing. So we're going to put up Patriots Day and Armageddon on a poll guys. Mm-hmm. Go follow us at AMA podcast and uh, we will we will let you guys decide which one you want to see us do next week. Thank you so much for tuning in for the first show of 2017. This was a lot of fun. We went a little long. I think we got a little We did. It's been yeah. we we're excited to be back. Yeah, so uh,
0: you guys can always find me online uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Andrew Guy.
1: Uh, You can find me at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, that's the one. And Stephen Lemieux, thank you for engineering and being back in the booth, man. It's good to have you back. For sure. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye, guys.